0: What is up guys, it is Quinn here. Welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. If you guys watched yesterday's video, I think at the end of it, I talked about how over the next few days I was gonna be redoing my positional rankings. So running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends. And we're gonna start that here today in this video. So I'm gonna be going through my top 24 running backs. I think the last rankings video I did was top 12. So we're basically doubling that last set. So I'll kind of just go through each position, kind of rapid fire here. We're not going super in depth on every single player. And then on the graphic, you will see like a plus number or a minus number. That's how far either ahead or below I have them over consensus. So I used uh, the fantasy pros um, average ADP, you know, their consensus rankings. And so that's where I got like where I was compared to consensus. So if it says plus one, that means I'm one higher minus one, one lower, and then if there's nothing there, it means I'm kind of right on par with consensus. So that's kind of the overview here. If you guys enjoy the video, do me a huge favor, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. And then also I wanna hear your guys' thoughts down below in the comment section. If you think I'm way too high on a guy, way too low, just yell at me down below in the comment section, let me know your reasoning and I'll make sure to get back to you. Obviously everyone's gonna have different opinions on this. So I wanna know your guys' perspectives And then this is going to just be like half-point PPR, kind of a nice in-between. I play most of my leagues in PPR format, but I feel like it's easier for everyone to kind of digest if you're playing in a bunch of different leagues, easier to kind of adjust to standard or PPR, whatever you do play. But that's enough of me talking. Let's talk some more, but actually get into the rankings here. So at number one, I have a Christian McCaffrey. I know a lot of people are going to go with Jonathan Taylor here, and that is totally fine. If you pick Jonathan Taylor... I am not against that. He's definitely like the consensus 101, definitely the safer option. We know McCaffrey has the injury concerns. For me, with this 101, I am shooting for upside. And I just think if you draft Christian McCaffrey at 101 and he stays healthy, you are getting such a huge positional advantage. You know, he can give you three, four, five plus points per game compared to the running back two. All he has to do is stay healthy. And I know that is a big if. But I just don't want to be sitting at the 101 pass on him. And then wherever he goes, you know, 102, 103, that person ends up winning the league. So I know it's a risk there. And it really just kind of depends on how you play. If you're someone who loves taking risks, Christian McCaffrey could be your guy. I wouldn't even say I'm a huge risk taker. Just in this, you know, one situation, I do prefer CMC here. And number two, I have the consensus 101. It is Jonathan Taylor. You know, like I said with McCaffrey, I have nothing bad to say here about JT. He has probably pretty decent odds at being the running back one. Definitely a safer option. Doesn't have a huge receiving ceiling, just not really how the Colts have utilized him. They have a receiving back in Naheem Hines, but he gets a quarterback upgrade. This offense will likely be better. And so Jonathan Taylor is a very strong pick here. And that is why I have him here. At number three, I have Derrick Henry. I know some people have kind of started to fade away from him, the age, his massive workload over the past few years. Personally, I'm back in. Even though he had that season-ending injury, he came back for the playoffs. He wasn't good, but he came back, you know, got a huge workload. So I think he'll be healthy heading into the season. You know, in standard formats, half-point PPR, where you don't need a huge receiving ceiling, he is definitely a very strong option. And the plus side is that he actually saw... Or was on pace for his best receiving season of his career in 2021. They were getting him more involved in the passing game, so you love to see that he is going to be the focal point of this Titans offense. They trade away AJ Brown. He is going to be the guy. This is going to be a very run-heavy attack, and so I'm fine throwing Derrick Henry back up as like a high-end running back one option for this season. And number four, I have at Dalvin Cook, just a little bit higher on him than consensus. One spot, so nothing crazy. For me, Dalvin Cook disappointed last season, but it really just came down to his touchdown luck. He just could not find the end zone. The dude was tackled at the one yard line like a million times. If you had him on any of your teams, you're watching red zone. It was probably pretty frustrating because he just could not find the end zone, but that hasn't been a problem throughout his career. I expect him to get the same massive workload. If anything, we're hearing more about him getting some receiving work, which would be great. We know he has that ability, he just hasn't really been utilized super heavily as a receiving back over the past few years, but I like him as a high-end or running back one. At number five, I have Najee. We're hearing a little bit about how they may kind of restrict his workload or just a little bit less. For me, I'm not overly concerned. He had a massive workload last season, so it's not like you know losing a carry a game or a target per game would be like an insane difference. I think this is going to be a better offense. They're going to be more balanced and that's going to lead to more efficiency for Najee Harris. So even if he loses out on a few overall touches, you don't have Big Ben, you know, the check down merchant hitting him every other play for a check down. He may lose a little in the receiving game, but I think he's going to gain it in efficiency and overall in touchdowns. Because I believe he only scored like seven touchdowns over the entire season with his volume. That was a crazy, crazy low number. Here at number six, I have Austin Eckler and I am, you know, a few spots lower than him than consensus, so it looks like three spots lower. A lot of people have him as the number three. I'm just not quite there. This isn't me disliking Austin Eckler as a fantasy pick. I think he's a very strong, you know, first round fantasy running back. For me, I just am a little bit concerned that he may have already hit his ceiling. We saw him last year was the total workhorse. He got the goal on carries. Obviously, he was a stud in the receiving game. I'm just a little worried they may want to take the pressure off him. He's not a massive back. Really, before that last year, he had never been given the goal line opportunities. So you have Isaiah Spiller coming in. Could he take some of those opportunities? I still think Eckler could be a strong RB1, even if he's not scoring like the 20 touchdowns he did last year. But I definitely think it's going to cap his ceiling. So we have guys like Najee, Delvin Cook. I'm more confident in those guys being like three down backs the entire season compared to Austin Eckler, who could just lose out on a few touches. But this is not me hating on Eckler because I still have him here at number six. Very strong, like mid to late first round fantasy pick in my opinion. Number seven, Joe Mixon. Don't really have much to say here. I'm right on par with consensus at number seven. You know, I think he's a very kind of safe pick in the first round. We don't know if he's gonna have that full three down workload because he wasn't, you know, the primary receiving back, he didn't have that role locked down. He could gain that role, but even if he doesn't, this offense as a whole is going to be better. The offensive line has massive upgrades from last season. They went probably from one of like the worst units to you're probably looking at like a borderline top 10 unit there. A massive turn, kind of similar to the Chargers turn from last off season. So you love that for Joe Mixon, have him here at number 7 number eight, I have Leonard Fournette, who I think could honestly just be a very similar player to Joe Mixon this season, maybe with some extra receiving upside. Leonard Fournette is being wildly undervalued here. I have him three spots ahead of consensus. In my opinion, him going at like the 2-3 turn, that is way too late. He should be a borderline first round pick. He's gonna be the workhorse again for the Buccaneers. They committed to him in free agency. He may lose out on some of the receiving work, to a guy like Rashad White, but even if he loses out and gets like 50% of the targets to the running backs, Brady still loves to involve the running backs. This is a high-scoring offense. He's still gonna get involved in the receiving game. He's gonna have a ton of touchdown opportunities. He will be the red zone guy. He has experience with Brady. Brady trusts him, so I still think Leonard Fournette is a locked-in top-10 fantasy back. At number nine, I have DeAndre Swift. Actually, one spot lower on him than consensus kind of surprised because I feel very highly about DeAndre Swift. I think I would probably take him ahead of his uh, overall ranking. So I'm someone who likes to go running back heavy. So I'd probably take him ahead of like his mid-second ADP, which I think he's sitting at right now, but he's going to be involved in the receiving game. Touchdown upside may not be there because he is on the Detroit Lions, but I think this Lions offense probably will take a decent jump from last year. So I think he's a very strong running back one play. Now at number 10, This is someone who I'm much higher on than consensus, and that is James Conner. He's going like back into the third round. That is insane. I talked about him as someone who you know had a workhorse potential going outside the first two rounds. In my opinion, this is a slam dunk value where he's being picked. He was a top 10 running back in points per game last season, and that was while operating in a committee with Chase Edmonds. When you look at the games that where Chase Edmonds did not play, they just gave the entire workload over to James Conner. He was a dominant fantasy football back. So maybe he doesn't have that same workload that he did last year You know, when Chase Edmonds was out. Maybe they wanna preserve him a little bit, but I still think he's gonna improve in basically every category, maybe except for the touchdowns from the 2021 season. So I think James Conner should be a top 10 back. And I'm guessing I'm gonna have a lot of shares of him if his price stays at like the late third round. And we have Alvin Kamara here at number 11. Not a ton to say here. Like this is kind of just a placeholder ranking until we see if he gets suspended or not. Because if he's not suspended, he's someone who's going to be in that like running back four through seven range. On the other hand, if he ends up getting like a four, six game suspension, I mean, then we really have to reevaluate things and he probably drops from this number 11 spot. So kind of just a placeholder here. Hopefully we kind of figure out what's going on with a potential suspension soon because that would really clear some things up. It would just be nice to know if one of these like mid to high end running back ones is going to be playing a full 17 game season or, you know, is it going to be 12, whatever. Just like to have some clarity there. But right now he's probably just going to continue to slot in in like this 10, 11 spot. I think in my last set of rankings, I had him in at number 10. So in this area right now is where I'm going to be placeholding him. And then to wrap up the top 12, I have Aaron Jones here basically right on track with consensus. His potential usage is a little bit up in the air just because, you know, does he get this extra bump in receiving work with Devontae Adams gone? The pass catchers there are not great. He honestly is probably Aaron Rodgers' most trusted pass catcher, even though he is a running back. You're looking at guys like Alan Lazard, maybe Randall Cobb, but obviously Randall Cobb is nowhere near, you know, his prime. So Aaron Jones, I think, will get some more work in the receiving game. He's gonna be splitting touches with uh, A.J. Dillon, but I still think he can put together a solid running back one season. Now moving over to the second half of the top 24. The first player I have here is Saquon Barkley. I'm one spot higher on him than consensus. But overall, I feel like in terms of overall rankings, I'm much higher on Saquon Barkley. Like I'd feel comfortable taking him back into the second round when he's typically going like, early to mid-third, so I'd be fine taking him in the second. It seems like he's getting back. You know, when he's healthy, the man is just so good. He has one of those elite running back ceilings. The problem is he just hasn't been able to log a healthy season for the last, what, three years, I believe. You know, coming back from that ACL, once he really got right, he was putting up some big games. Then he just has a freak injury, steps on some dude's foot. Like, that can happen to anyone. So hopefully, you know, this new offense with the Giants Brian Dable comes in, it looks like a competent unit, and Saquon Barkley can return, you know, to his high end RB1 form. I just think, you know, the risk we had in previous years of taking him, you're kind of getting that baked into him going at like the 2 3 turn. So you can get a guy who could finish as like the RB4, RB3. The risk is there, but I just think it's worth it if you can get like a high end running back one potential, which I do think you can get out of Saquon Barkley. Number 14, I have Nick Chubb actually kind of significantly lower on Chubb than consensus. A lot of this right now is just due to the Deshaun Watson situation. Nick Chubb's always going to be a you know high floor, low ceiling type of player. You're going to draft him, RB10, RB11. He's going to finish it, RB10, RB11. He doesn't have the receiving work, and he hasn't really had the overall volume to really make a push to be like a high-end running back one. But with Deshaun Watson, you could kind of see a path to maybe like a mid-tier running back one finish. But I mean, the news coming out on Deshaun Watson is not good. I think he's going to get a massive suspension. I would not be shocked if it's a year plus. So if you're looking at a no Deshaun Watson in this offense, Baker, like is Baker going to stay there and play? Is he going to force a trade, force a release? You could be looking at like a Jacoby Brissett-led offense for the entire season, and that is not going to be good for Nick Chubb's fantasy football value. So I'm a little bit off on him just because I don't think he's as secure as he's been in years past, you know, with the whole suspension potential. And then he just still doesn't have the ceiling that, you know, we know he hasn't had over his entire career. Number 15, I have Ezekiel Elliott, higher on Elliott than consensus. I kind of feel like Zeke is being punished for playing through an injury last season. He messed up, I think it was like his PCL, not a doctor, something in his knee, like week four, week five. If you look at his first five weeks of the season, week two, three, four, and five, put up massive numbers. Week one was against the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers don't give up any points to the running back. Their run defense is truly elite. So he balled out aside from that one game. Then he gets hurt, plays through the injury, is splitting a ton of touches. I still think he's going to split touches here, but I still think he's going to be the clear running back one. He's splitting touches, really kind of struggles down the stretch. If he just kind of sat out, had surgery, whatever, repaired it, like, are we still talking about him as like running back 18, which is where he's ranked at for consensus? I don't think we are. So I think you're getting a value here with Zeke. I'd be taking him at running back 15. And we kind of talk about, you know, Aaron Jones picking up some receiving work with the targets uh, that the Packers have lost. I think Zeke and Pollard could kind of see the same thing here with this Cowboys offense. You lose Amari Cooper. You have Michael Gallup coming off of an ACL. I think these running backs are going to be very, very involved in the receiving game. And I think Zeke is going to have a bounce back year this year. And if you can get him as a running back too, I think that is great value on your team. And you're getting them like late third, early fourth round. So you could have like two stud wide receivers and then have Zeke as your running back two. And I think you are set. You know, it's a really solid start to your drafts. Number 16, Javante Williams. I'm three spots lower on him than consensus. I feel like I've been just low on Javante Williams basically since last redraft season. Wasn't super high on him then. And I'm not someone who doesn't like the player. If he was the workhorse of this offense, I would love him for fantasy. He would be like RB5, like in that range. I think he can be that good for fantasy football. The problem is this is going to be a committee with Melvin Gordon. And you know I do think Javante Williams is the 1A of that. Uh, Melvin Gordon being the 1B, but they have two very good running backs. Javante Williams was good last season, but you could argue Melvin Gordon was just as good as Javante Williams. So why would they give Javante Williams this massive workload when they could keep them both healthy, give them manageable workloads? Even if Javante Williams is getting two more carries, a target and a half extra per game, I'm just not seeing the ceiling here. This is gonna be a good offense, but when you're that locked into a committee, I'm just not willing to spend like two, three-turn draft capital. Like he's going in the same range as Leonard Fournette and Saquon and James Conner. That makes no sense to me. So I'm probably not going to have many shares of Javante Williams this season. And then moving on to 17 and 18, apparently I'm much higher on these younger running backs. So Brees Hall here at 17, Travis Etienne at 18. I feel like these younger backs just kind of possess this hidden upside Because you're looking at all the players going behind them, you kind of know what you're going to be expecting in terms of their workload because we've seen it in years past. For Brees Hall and Travis Etienne, we don't know. They could be a part of a potential split. You know, maybe Brees Hall sharing time with Michael Carter. Maybe James Robinson gets back. Travis Etienne is spending time with him. Or they could just kind of take over, be the three down backs, and turn in like borderline running back one seasons. So I'd rather take a swing on one of those players then get someone who I feel like is more locked in to be like a mid to back end running back too, because there's just not a ton of upside in those picks. Number 19, I have Cam Akers. If you guys have been watching my channel, you know you know I'm not a huge Cam Akers fan in terms of fantasy, and it just has to do with that Achilles tear. Everyone loved Cam Akers so much. He tears his Achilles. I feel like everyone wants to have this eternal optimism that he's gonna come back, be the exact same player. There's just no guarantee So there's a lot of risk here. Like when we're looking at the running backs going in like top 20 in my rankings, if there was one player where you told me like this guy kind of fell out of the rotation, didn't even finish as like a top 24 running back, they just went into a full committee. Like I'd be picking Cam Akers out of these players because I just think there's a chance he's not that good. He doesn't get back to 100% from that Achilles tear and there is a lot of risk here drafting Cam Akers so I will likely not have many shares of him, and he's going to be behind some of those you know, high-ceiling younger guys like Brees Hall, Travis Etienne. Number 20, I have David Montgomery. According to fantasy pros, I'm four spots lower on him than consensus. I cannot really see him going as running back 16. Seems weird to me. I feel like he's kind of just locked in as like a high-end running back 2. His floor is probably going to be a low-end running back 24. I actually did a breakdown of him and J.K. Dobbins, might've been yesterday, no, 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 two days ago. So if you guys want to see that, go check it out. Basically talked about how they're going in the same range. I have JK Dobbins at 21. Then I talked about which player I preferred. So if you want to see more in depth on those guys, go check out that video. 22, I have Josh Jacobs, slightly lower on him than consensus. I feel okay about Josh Jacobs. This Raiders offense is likely going to be better, but I also just could see a committee here It seems like Josh Jacobs has just kind of been unable to truly break away as the clear running back one. We know he's the top guy, but he just hasn't had that massive workload. You know, he hasn't really fully gained that receiving role. So he's probably just going to be like a high floor, low ceiling type of player at the end of the year. 23, I have Elijah Mitchell. I don't really like where he's going in terms of overall rankings, but I think, you know, he's probably a low end running back too. So right on par with consensus. And then the final player, this could have gone to a few different guys. I feel like a lot of people are going to have Antonio Gibson here. If you followed my channel, you guys know I'm so far out on Antonio Gibson. I actually talked about that yesterday in a video where I talked about some of the backfields that I'm going to be avoiding. I'm very, very out on Antonio Gibson. So CEH slots in here. And I feel like some people are just so out on CEH because if we're being honest, he has wildly disappointed the past two seasons. I feel like I'm a little bit in on him here. The first reason is that as a rookie, I was very out on him. I was not, you know, buying CEH as a first round draft pick. I wasn't on him last year, so I got burned. But I try to reevaluate every season. I'm not a person who, you know, I get burned, had a bad call. I'm just never going to go after that player. You know, if that's your prerogative, that's fine. Personally, I don't feel like that's a super successful strategy. You look at players that people were commenting last year. I remember my comment sections when I was ranking Joe Mixon so high, it was like, oh, he burned me, not going back into this. Then Joe Mixon has that bounce back season. So sometimes you kind of just got to go back to the well, even if you got bit before, that's what I'm doing with CMC. But for CEH, this is a much more palatable price than when he was going as like a top 12 running back. As a rookie, he was probably going as like a top 10, top eight running back. So here's like a back end running back too. This running back room is wide open. And this is almost me kind of fading Ronald Jones talent here. I think for, you know, for fantasy, Rojo's going in like the 10th round. I feel like that's a fair price. But in terms of this backfield, like he's competing with Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is so one dimensional. He is a pure runner. He is a fantastic running back. When you hand that man the ball, he is going to do good things. But when he has to do anything else, pass protect, you know, catch the ball, it all just falls apart. We saw that with the Buccaneers. So I just don't know if this Chiefs offense is gonna be one that wants to consistently feed the ball to Ronald Jones. So if CEH is the more reliable guy, I feel like he's gonna find his way onto the field and can turn in like a mid-tier running back two season. I think the days are probably gone of him being like a stud, you know, elite running back one, like we kind of thought when he got drafted in the first round to the Chiefs. But I still think he could be a solid fantasy football asset. So that is going to wrap it up for my top 24 rankings, if we want to just run through the names, just kind of going to rapid fire this, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, Delvin Cook, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Lenny, DeAndre Swift, James Conner, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Saquon, Nick Chubb, Zeke, Javante Williams, Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, Cam Akers, David Montgomery, J.K. Dobbins, Josh Jacobs, Elijah Mitchell, and then wrapping it up with C.E.H., So over the next few days, I'll be doing the wide receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends. So make sure you guys are on the lookout for those. If you enjoyed the video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, yell at me about these rankings down below in the comment section. As always, thank you guys for stopping by, and I'll see you in the next one.